Hey, thanks for listening to our Life Church Utah podcast. We exist to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. We are located here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and you can check us out online at lifechurchutah.com. Hey, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Doing good? Isn't today and every day a good day to just serve the Lord? Can we give, can we just really quick, give a hand for our worship team, tech team, just everybody, leaders. We are so blessed in this church. Some of you might be wondering, who's the bald dude with the beard? I already made a bald joke. I say that to you all the time. Who's the dude with the beard up there? I'm the new student pastor here at Life Church. And I, thank you, thank you. I'm on a side note. I apologize, camera people. I'm a mover, so you'll love me after this. So my name is Tate Stevens. I grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And I, and I don't know if many of you have been there or not, but I grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota with a very loving family. My mom, she knew the Lord. My dad did not know the Lord. But I want to tell you something that really cool that happened before we moved to Utah is God did something, something so good. My dad got cancer. And that was not something that God gave my dad, but he took something so good out of it. I'm going to start crying already. He did something so good out of it that my dad was radically saved. And two weeks before we moved here, I was able to baptize my dad in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Growing up, I was, into, I was into sports. I was into... I'm going to be honest with you and raw with you. I was into partying. I was into girls, all that stuff. If you're not careful, gets you into trouble, if you know what I mean. And uh, thank God I started dating my lovely life, wife right here. Why don't you just raise your hand real quick. This is my wife, Kristen. I started dating my wife towards the senior year of high school. And my mother-in-law, who drove up from Fargo last night, was able to say, yes, you can date my daughter. And I was like, okay, I passed the test. <laughs> so... I started dating my wife after we graduated high school. We moved to Fargo, North Dakota, where we lived for 13 years. I look at her a lot when I talk numbers. Where we lived for 13 years. And I went through a period in my life where I was just lost. Not physically, I knew I was in Fargo, but mentally. But mentally, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So what did I do? I became a salesman. And I'm gonna be honest, I love being a salesman. I love talking. I use my hands a lot, you can tell when I'll talk to you. I might do a numchuck later or something like that. Or a, anyways, so I, I, was a, I was a salesman. I sidetracked. I was a salesman, and I was good at it. Humbly speaking, I was very good at it because I thought success in life meant making good money. I thought that having the fancy cars, the nice clothes, the big house, like that's what we needed to work towards. That was my mindset when I became a salesman. And there was this point in my life where I was like, hey, when I hit a certain age, I want to make X amount of money. And that point happened in my life. But when I hit that point, it wasn't as sweet as I thought it was. I still felt lost. I still felt hopeless, to be honest with you. I still felt like I wasn't working towards anything that had a purpose. I'm not saying if you make good money that that's bad. But for what God was stepping me into, it wasn't something that I needed to focus on. And fast forward a little bit, I was constantly getting invited to church. I knew there was like a hole that needed to be filled in my heart. I knew something needed to change, but I didn't really know what it was. And I kept getting invited to church, and it was by my mom, and we went, but I was one of those that was very inconsistent. I would go one Sunday, then it might be like three, four weeks later, and I'd go again. And then I might, you know, go for two, three weeks in a row, and I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. I can sleep in this Sunday. And then I wouldn't go to church. And some of you, some of you might know this. I know Jason does. Is, have you heard of Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames? 
Raise your hand if you're familiar with that. Okay, so this was a production that was put on, and I think, I don't know if they still do it or not, but it was a production of a lot of, it was like drama acting and all that stuff that they would act like real life scenarios out. And we went to this production, my mom invited us, and we went, and it was something that so radically changed our life. There was a scene where this girl, this, I think she was like a teenager or something like that, there was a drunk driver that hit her. She didn't do anything wrong. And she didn't know the Lord after that. And I remember thinking, what happens to me if I leave this place and I get struck with a car or an accident? Where would I go? Where would I end up? And I said, I needed to make a change from that day forward. My wife and I, we walked up to the altar. They did an altar call, and we dedicated our life to the Lord that night. And then God says, God says, son, who had hair at the time? He didn't say the hair part. I make a lot of ball jokes. But he says, I'm calling you into ministry. I'm like, you're calling me into ministry. And I mean specifically a pastor, pastor. And I was like, how could you use me? I had so many problems. I had so many issues still at that time. And he says, I'm calling you into ministry. It took me seven years. God gave me that word and I rejected it. It took me seven years for me to actually realize I was being called. And I'm going to explain later on what I mean by being called. I had so many problems that were binding me from what God was trying to plan in my life. But my past problems were getting in the way of things that he was trying to make me capable of. And I'm going to talk to you about that today. The title of the message today is Stepping into Your Potential. Sometimes we can focus so much on the world that we miss hearing what God is trying to tell us. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I'm going to talk to you about it today, is the story of David and Goliath. So if you have, it's not a sin to have your phone out in church if you're opening the Bible app. If I see you on Instagram, TikTok later, we'll have a separate altar call for you. I'm a TikTok fan too, I'm just saying. But if you want to open to 1 Samuel chapter 17, I'm a physical Bible. I, I joke with my youth students, I'm like, this is called a paper Bible. You know, we still use it. But in verses 1 through 7, it talks about explaining this Philistine, this giant Goliath. And I'm a visual person, so I kind of wanted to throw a fun picture up here. Is I kind of imagine, like, you know, you got David here, and you got this really massive, like, nine-foot dude coming at you. And this guy is supposed to be intimidating. But this Philistine is a problem for the Israelites. He's a problem. And we're going to jump right into verse 8 through 11. That says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and they were terrified. Now, this is where you might hear it of the dude David steps in. David is the youngest of three sons of a man named Jesse. And Jesse says, you know, David, I want you to bring some food to the campsite of where the Israelites are at because that is where your brothers are. And they were trying to fight the Philistines, his brothers, but he's like, I want to bring you down some, I want you to bring them some food. Basically, I want to do a temperature check. So David, just like a good child does, does as his dad commands. And he goes to the battlefield. I see some dads turning their head. He goes to the battlefield and he checks on his brothers. 
And as he's talking with his brothers, this giant comes out, this Philistine comes out, Goliath, he comes out, and he does his usual war cry. And he just shouts his rank, or he shouts his war cry. But here's the thing. Whenever the Israelites saw this Philistine, they would flee. Because he was that intimidating. Because he's scary. He's a problem. We do that in our own lives. When we feel incapable of something, we flee. When problems are getting too hard, it's just easier to run away. We flee. Instead of dealing with our issues with something head on, we tend to just put it at the wayside and we flee because it's the easy thing to do. We don't like confrontation. But David was different. This man, David, is different. So David comes down, he checks on his brothers, and David's brothers are asking, why did you even come down here? Why are you here? And throughout this conversation, as he is speaking with his brothers, somebody overhears him, and they go and report to Saul that David comes down. And Saul's like, who does this man think he is? Well, he doesn't say that. This is my own words I'm saying. But he basically is like, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet David. I want to see what this David is all about, that he has the confidence to come down to this battlefield. So when David meets Saul, Saul doubts David's abilities to fight Goliath because he looks young. And when they say in the Bible that he looks young, I'm assuming he looked weak. He looks like he didn't probably have enough knowledge to fight in this battle. But Saul doesn't see David's potential. And I love what David's response is. In chapter 17, we're going to jump now to verse 34. It says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Hold on real quick. He just said when a lion or a bear comes and gets the sheep, he like takes off after it. I'm like, bro, you can have those sheep. You can have it for a snack later. Heat it up in the microwave when you're done. Like you go for it. But he has such boldness and such confidence that he runs after it. And when it turned on him, he seized it and struck it by its hair and he struck it and killed it. And your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And then he goes on to say, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, I feel like David had some swagger when he came up and said that. He wasn't probably like he was just like, you know, you know, this Philistine's uncircumcised and I'm going to defeat him. No, I feel like he probably came up, popped his hip out or something. He's like, this uncircumcised, nothing on me. That's probably what he says. He's like, maybe a little head shake into it or something. I might get a neck cramp later. I don't know. But anyways... So this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of the Philistine. You see, all of the Israelites would run when they would see this Philistine. But David's like, no, 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 no. David faced his problems straight on. In life, we need to do that with some of the problems that we have in our own life. Instead of just fleeing from it, we need to face them straight on because there's something that is so good. God is bigger than our problems. God is bigger than our anger. God is bigger than our jealousy, our depression, our fear, our anxiety. Whatever you are going through in your life, remember God is bigger and God is better. And put your faith in him. Only put your faith in God, and he was the one that will help you get through these problems. 
Each time you hold on to these problems that you're going through in your life, every day, every hour, every minute, the longer that you continue to try to defeat them yourselves and just hold on to them, it's doing more damage in your life. Try it. When you go home today, try that. Try to put the problems in God's hands. So Saul, Saul hears David say this, and he's like, all right, let's see what you got, little man. He didn't really say that. That's my version. But he's like, let's see what you got, little man. He says, go and let the Lord be with you, because he's saying that the Lord needs to be with you in this problem of the Philistine. So then Saul is like, I'm going to dress you in my tunic. I'm going to put my armor on you to go into battle. And I'm going to put on this helmet on top of your head. And then, and then David picks it up and puts a sword over the tunic. But there's an issue. As he's walking around, it doesn't feel right. As he's walking around, this armor doesn't feel comfortable with him. It's a problem if he goes into battle. I believe that if David went into battle with something that was a problem, he would have been defeated. I'm going to sidetrack for a minute. David puts on this armor that is a problem. How many of you know people? And I'm going to raise my hand. Do not say their name out loud if you want to be in good terms with them when you get home. How many of you know people that put problems on themselves? That they just feed off the drama. They just feed off of just having problems in their life because sometimes it's a comfort for them. They don't know any other way. And I'm not saying that as you in here. I'm not saying that at all. But I know people like that including myself. When I was called into ministry, I became my own problem. My mind became the problem because I was putting doubt in myself that I could even do anything for the kingdom of God. I was like, how could you call me? I'm doubting God. How could I even speak into somebody's life when I have my own problem? I started doubting God. All I knew was being a salesman. That's the only thing I could ever be in my life, a salesman, an internet salesman on top of that. And I instilled fear into myself for no reason. Nobody did that to me but myself. I focused too much on how I could fail instead of actually looking at my potential. God called me. That's all the confidence I should have needed. I'm saying, God, if you're calling me to this, I'm going to trust you in the process, and I'm going to go through it, but I didn't do that. How many of you know that sometimes we always blame problems on the enemy when really we just need to take ownership for ourselves? Now, I might have touched somebody, and somebody might get mad at me right now, but I love you. I love you. Yes, the enemy does come to seek, kill, and destroy. He does. But we can't blame, blame every problem in our life on the enemy. We need to take ownership. Sometimes we focus too much on our problems that we forget about our potential. I'm going to say it one more time so that you can really listen to that. Sometimes we focus too much on our problems that we forget about our potential. Don't let your problems in your life get in the way of what God is calling you to. And so now I've said that term a couple of times that God has called me or God is calling you. What does that exactly mean? This isn't a Webster dictionary, but this is some, if some of you know what that is, a Webster dictionary, this, this is not coming from there. What I'm trying to tell you is God is appointing you or directing you somewhere in life by his plan. That's what the calling of God is. God, didn't call me, God called me to be a pastor. I didn't seek to go and be a pastor. God called me into the ministry. I thought I was going to be a salesman. Stepping into God's calling, we talk about worshiping God and acting of obedience. When you say, God, I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to listen to you, you are being obedient to what God is calling. And one more, one, one more little 
thing I want to share with you is don't think that ministry has to be a title. Ministry is a lifestyle. Ministry is a lifestyle, not a title. Now, some of you might sit here and think, well, you just, you know, you might have student ministries. You have outreach ministries. You got the worship ministry. Yes, you have all of that, but not everything needs the fancy title. Ministry is within yourself. That's when it happens. To share the gospel with people. Ministry is within yourself. Ministry is when you walk out of these four walls and you are sharing the love of Jesus with somebody. That's ministry. That is ministry. So David takes off his problem, the armor. And he steps into his potential. David says he's got something bigger. He's got something greater. I got something stronger. And he goes by God Almighty, Jehovah Nissi, my, my shield, my banner, my protection. And he says, this giant isn't going to be a problem for me. Now let's jump into verse 40. Verse 40 says, so he took off, then he took off his he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and he put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag. And with this, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. So the dude's like, I'm taking off all this armor. I'm picking up my bag. I'm picking up all the five stones, and I'm just going to go at him with that. That's what I'm going to do. And then Goliath sees David and basically laughs him off. He's like, this little dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you to the birds, man. Like, you think you can defeat me? No. <laughs> but look at the confidence that David has into verse 45 just a little bit. It says, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He says, I have God by my side. You spoke against the wrong thing. So then what David does is he proceeds to strike down Goliath. He swings a stone at his face. It sinks in, but it doesn't go just there. Do any of you ever own a Sega Genesis? This has nothing to do with it. Any of you ever own a Sega Genesis? Am I dating myself a little bit? I'm not saying go home and play Mortal Kombat, but do you remember at the end when you'd beat somebody and you'd be like, finish him. You remember that? I feel like that's what David heard, and he was like, all right. And he runs up to Goliath, grabs Goliath's sword, and chops his head off. He went X Games mode on the dude. But David had just enough faith to know that God was going to provide the outcome. Don't let your problems define who you are. Don't let the problems get into the way of your potential when God is calling you. God's going to use you for his glory and his kingdom. Just remember that. If you don't think you're good enough, God says you are. When you don't think you're good enough, God says you are. Some of you might think, like, I don't even know what to do with my potential. What is my potential? And you might get frustrated because you're saying, I don't know what my potential is. That's okay. That's okay if you don't know your potential right now. Because if you sit in prayer, you sit in worship, and you continue to listen to God, he will eventually reveal to you what he is calling for you in your life. You'll hear people say, I knew I was called into ministry or an accountant when I was 11 years old. I didn't know until I was 22 what God was calling me to. And it doesn't have to be ministry. You can be a janitor. You can be an accountant. You can be a salesman. You don't have to be called as a pastor to be called by God. Yeah. Amen. So David had potential, and he didn't let his problem stand in the way. David knew God was going to provide. He took down a lion. 
He took down a bear, and now he took down Goliath, whom all the Israelites were afraid of. Just like our problems today, we need to take down those problems and we need to work through them because God is greater than our problems. Don't let your Goliaths get in the way of your potential. Don't let your problems, your Goliaths, get into the way of your potential because you can defeat them just as David did. And you might say, oh, this sounds great. This sounds awesome. But like, like where are you getting this from? I'm going to give you two supporting verses. Two supporting verses that God gives us. And they're so important. I don't need to give you like a life manual because, you know, the life manual is right here. Oh, my mom's notes dropped out. Those are my mom's notes. Let me pick them up real quick. Love you, mom. First Peter chapter 5 through 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's almighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. This is important. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What God is telling us is what is so important is we need to humble ourselves before God. We need to admit our problems that we have a problem. And we need to bring it to the cross. We need to bring it to God and say, God, I can't do this alone. I need you. I need your help. God is the ultimate weapon to defeat our problems and to step into the potential that we have. And you got something that, another verse I want to share with you, and you've probably heard it, but I want you to marinate on it when I say it, is Romans 8.11 that says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Think about that for a minute. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same power that healed the sick the same power that parted the Red Sea, the same power that fed the 5,000, the same power that was able to make the blind man see lives in every one of you. The same power that defeated death itself lives in you. I promise you I'm not angry, I'm passionate. I could keep going all day about the power of God. The power of God is so evident. The power of God is so strong in our own lives. You can get over your addictions, your lust, your anger issues. And some of you say, it's not that easy. I know, that's why we need to give it to God. I had some of those issues, addictions, lust, anger. And until I turned it over to God, I wasn't freed until I turned it over. I always was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anybody about this because I don't need anybody else in my life to know about these sins that I am committing. Man, I struggled until I said, you know what, God? I need you. I need you. In front, and it's been 15 years before a lot of those issues have, has arose. There's something today that I want to leave you guys with. I want you to write something down. I'm going to tell you a story, though. So if you have a notepad and a pen or maybe your notes on your phone, get those ready as I'm telling you this story. There was a point in my ministry walk, yes, in my ministry walk, that I was struggling. And what I was struggling with is myself in the sense that I wanted ministry to look a certain way. I wanted ministry to look a certain way, and it wasn't happening. 
I felt like I was getting attacked by people. And I wasn't, but it was my mind starting to play tricks on me. The outcomes weren't the outcomes that I was saying, God, make this happen. But what I was, wasn't realizing is God was in control. I needed to trust his outcome over my own. And I remember coming home and it's like 9.30 at night. It was after a youth night. And I just remember looking at Kristen and I'm like, man, I want to give up. I'm frustrated. I said, Do I, am, I, am I even supposed to be in ministry? I was mad. And I can get corny. <laughs> But Kristen, she knew the words that God needed to speak into my life. When I woke up that morning, I went to brush my teeth and there was a note on the mirror. And I've kept that note and it's in my office actually. And that note, I, I'm not gonna share word for word what that is because I really feel like that was something that God shared in my heart or wanted me to hear in my heart. But she knew that God needed to speak something into my life. She knew that I needed, she needed to say that God put you here for a reason. And God is calling you for a reason. And when I read these notes, when I read the words that she given me from God in the scripture that she wrote, it gave me a newness in me. It gave me a newness that I was like, God, I'm going to do what you're doing. And I'm going to let my selfishness dwindle because I need your presence of you more in my life. And it was a game changer from there. So what I want you to do, and you don't need to share this with your friends or anything like that, this is specifically for you, is I want you to write, I am bigger than what your issue is. I am bigger than blank. I am bigger than anger. I am bigger than lust. I am bigger than anxiety, depression. Whatever you are going through, write that down. Because the words that I want you to write down after that is write down why because God said I am. Because God said I am. And I want you to put that. Mine is the mirror, right? Because I brush my teeth every morning. Hopefully everybody does too. <laughs> but I put that on the mirror. Because I see that every morning. Put it on your nightstand. Put it in your car. Put it somewhere that you are going to look every day so that you are reminded of the power of God in your life. That you don't need to be a slave to these addictions, that you don't need to be a slave to these problems and to know that God is calling you for your potential. Because your potential is just that. It's what God is calling you for. It's nobody else's. It's your potential. So don't let anybody else tell you different. If, God, if somebody tries to tell you, I don't know if you're going to be good at that, God said I am. So what I want everybody to do right now is I want you to come up front. If you are going through a problem in your life, and if you are going through some bondage, if you have these barriers and, you, and you're needing prayer over it, I want you to come up front right now. Stand up and come up front. If you've never given your life to Christ, and you said, this day forward, I'm going to live for you from now on, I want you to come forward. If you say, Tay, I've backslidden in my faith. I'm not living, right? I'm not living for God anymore. I want you to come up front. Because you coming up front is a boldness. You coming up front is a public declaration that you're saying, God, I need you. God, I need, your pro I need you to fix my problems. And that's okay. If you're sitting where you are at right now, I want to pray for you where you are at right now as well. You guys, God is, God is moving. 
God is going to do something so big. God is far greater than anything in our life. God is far greater than all the fancy things that we have. So I want everybody just to lift up their hands if they will. And if you are back there, if you are in the balcony, just stretch your hands to the front. Don't leave yet. Just stretch your hands to the front so we can just pray a powerful prayer over everybody. Father, we just thank you for sending your son to die on that cross. Father, forgive us, give us of our sins. We recognize that we are not made perfect, God, but we give everything that we have to you. God, we come to you for a second chance in our life, for, for your grace and your mercy and your joy. Father, we give everything that we have to you, our finances, our relationships, the love that we have in our life, we give it to you, God. Any anxiety, any fear, any depression that we feel is holding us back, we break that away in the name of Jesus. Do not let the enemy get a hold of us because we are all children of God. Let us look at the, at the enemy and darkness in its face and kick it back to where it needs to go. Father, make your presence known on everybody in this place today. We come to you humbly. We come to you in prayer. We come to you in worship. We want to just sit back and listen to your voice. So Father, from this day forward, we commit our life to you. From this minute, this hour, we are committing our life to you, God. Take care of our bondage. Grow us in our faith. Put a new fire, a new passion into us, God, so that every day we wake up, we seek you first. That every day we wake up, we want to see the gospel. That every day that we wake up, we honor and we glorify you. So Father, we just lift up everything in your wonderful, mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Told you I can move him back and forth. So uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. If you guys made a commitment tonight, this would be a great opportunity to get water baptized on the 26th as well because we want to be here as a family to champion all of you on. And if you guys are going through problems and you need prayer, find a leader. Hey, God bless. And see y'all Wednesday. Wednesday, let's do it. God bless everybody.